Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Celebrating 60-something. It's a beautiful fall morning here, and you know, maybe it's not morning where you are. Maybe you're listening to this at another time of day. I forget about that. In fact, maybe it's not even fall where you are. I'm not sure how far this podcast travels. But anyway, wherever you are and whatever time it is, good day. I have my Creole brew. I've been up for a while, so I am ready to go. But before I launch into what I've decided to talk about today, I thought I should probably give you a little background on this podcast. First of all, I am not sitting in a sound studio somewhere with a lot of fancy equipment around me, and this is not a professional podcast. I am sitting in my home office with my own equipment on my desk, just talking to you right now. It's kind of funny how this came about. A few years ago, my husband gave me a microphone for Christmas and said, you ought to do a podcast. And I guess I had mentioned it before that it might be fun to do that at some point, but I never really expected that I would do it. But he gave me a microphone and gave me a challenge and said, you know, you ought to do a podcast. Well, I didn't. I put the microphone and the other things he'd given me away and didn't even look at them for two or three years. I'm not sure exactly how long it's been now. But then this whole COVID thing started, and I thought, well, maybe, you know, at least it would be fun to look into, not necessarily to do a podcast, but maybe just to learn a little bit about it. So that's what I did. I googled how to do a podcast, and it started to explain the things I needed to have and what I needed to know. So I got the program that it said, and I hooked up my microphone and got all the other little things it talked about, and I kind of just did it one little thing at a time. And I would research it, and then I'd put it away for a week or two, and then I'd spend more time. And anyway, it got more and more interesting and a lot more fun as I went along, and I just kind of got all caught up in it. So I thought, why not give it a try? So that's kind of how this whole thing came about. I'm sure that you think, oh, wow, she's just kind of a crazy lady. But if you know me, you know that I am kind of a crazy lady. So anyways, moving on. I thought I would talk today a little bit about two words. They're words that we've heard often. You've probably even used them interchangeably at times. The words are inheritance and legacy. What exactly do they mean? And what is the difference between the two? There is a difference. And um, like I said, people use them interchangeably all the time, but that isn't necessarily correct. The word inheritance is generally used when referring to monetary or material things being handed down from one person to another. So you might inherit your parents' house or their investments your grandma's wedding ring. I happen to have inherited my great-grandmother's dessert dish. It's one of a set of six, but the other five somehow got broken over the years, and there's only one left. And I have that, and I love it and cherish it. Now, legacy is different from an inheritance, and it actually has a couple of different meanings. It can mean anything handed down from the past. Like the word tradition could even be used. It doesn't have to be a monetary thing, although it can be if that monetary item has gone from ancestor to ancestor. Then it can become a legacy. But a tradition can become a legacy, or even a story about a family member can become a legacy. So a legacy is a little bit different. The definition we are interested in today, though, is the one that refers to how a person will be remembered, which is another definition of legacy. Remembered. That's an important word. My father passed away in 2003 and my mother in 2006. They had a whole houseful of stuff that my sisters and I needed to decide if we were going to keep, donate, or throw away. 
Now, most of mom's furniture was quite old, but still very nice. She took really good care of her furniture over the years. Unlike today, when we change the decor of our houses several times over the years, get rid of the old and bring in the new, resell an old couch or a charity yard sale, my mother had had some furnishings since before I was born. Her bedroom set was an example. It was a matching set with a dressing table or vanity, as you might call it, with one of those large round mirrors from the 50s. I'm sure you know the kind I'm speaking of. The set also included a bench for the vanity, a tall dresser, and a nightstand. The set was made from bird's eye maple with black and gold trim, and my mother thought it was beautiful. When she passed away, none of the daughters wanted it. It was old and out of style, and none of her five daughters decorated their homes in mid-century modern at the time, so... I did remember that my son, who was not married at the time, could use a dresser, so I took just the dresser and gave it to him. Another nephew took the couch and a love seat, and the rest was donated to Goodwill. Mom had two or three sets of dishes and a beautiful set of china and crystal, but it was her wish that everyone take back anything they had given her or dad over the years after she passed away. So, alas, it was not me that gave her the pretty china or crystal. Because I and another sister were living out of state at the time, my oldest sister took a lot of the smaller boxes filled with miscellaneous things to her home so she could go through them and sort things out. She took pictures, scrapbooks, dishes, linens, kitchen items, you know, those kinds of things. Mom, like I said, had a lot of stuff. My oldest sister just happens to be 17 years older than me, and she had a large, beautiful home not many miles away from where my mom lived with a large storage room, so we were actually really glad she volunteered to keep the things there until we could figure out what was what. She had been the primary caretaker of my parents in their later years because she was living fairly close to them. She'd driven them to doctor's appointments and helped them with their medications and helped them keep track of their finances. She took mom out for outings and had her spend long weekends with her at her house. She had hardly had time to organize all the stuff and divide up the little bit of money from the cell of my parents' house when she was diagnosed with breast cancer. She passed away in 2009, and not too many months later, her husband remarried a lovely lady he had known for several years. In the meantime, I had moved back to my home state and was now closer to my sister's home. Mary, my brother-in-law's new wife, decided, and rightfully so, I might add, that all the stuff from my parents' house should be given to me so I could go through it and decide what to do with it. Why would she want it at her house, right? I don't blame her. Week after week, box after box, things were brought home and put in my storage room or in the garage until I had a chance to go through them. Along with that, Mary, Jim's new wife, needed to clean out my sister's closet, so many clothes started to arrive to my home too. Since Mary's furnishings needed a place and my brother-in-law wanted my sister's things to go to her family members, she only had one son and he really wasn't interested in all of those things, much of my sister's furniture began arriving one piece at a time to my house, including an organ, her grandfather clock, a beautiful dining room table and chairs, wall pictures, and my sister's beloved and treasured lovely dishes, a complete service for 24 plus all the serving pieces and glassware and linens. Did I mention their 15-foot Christmas tree with two complete sets of ornaments, garland for their huge wraparound porch, including bows and lights, along with three very large wreaths and a light-up Rudolph? I began to have anxiety. Lots and lots of anxiety, to be truthful. I don't function well in chaos and confusion, so I began the daunting task of going through all the boxes. I started going through my mother's stuff first, and I found some real treasures. 
I found cards and letters that I had sent to her and my dad over the years. I found many interesting papers and artifacts from my dad's military service in World War II and from their life together, along with stories and pictures, even pictures I had never seen before. I found pedigree charts documenting their family history, books with information on people from their family tree, and personal journals. It didn't take me very long to decipher what was truly valuable and what was not. It wasn't the clothes which were boxed and taken to goodwill. Neither was it the knickknacks and souvenirs that I'm sure meant a lot to my parents and my sister at the time. Not even the organ, the grandfather clock, or the dining room set. Each was given to family members or friends who could use them. It wasn't the lovely dishes, glassware, or linens, although I kept some and they are fun to have. Nor was it the beautiful Christmas decorations. It was the journals, the cards, the family history, the scrapbooks, and the pictures, the legacy. It was how they would be remembered. An inheritance is leaving behind monetary or material goods, as I said. However, a legacy is more about sharing what you have learned, not just what you have earned, and bequeathing values over valuables. It is more about leaving behind a bit of who you were rather than what you had. A personal legacy is way more valuable than a property legacy. I'm so grateful to have the bits and pieces saved from my parents' and my sisters' lives. The bits that bring to life what they experienced, how they felt, what they believed, what their values were, and the pieces of memorabilia that preserved those experiences. Now, I'm not saying there's no value at all in personal property. There is. There are many things I kept that were sentimental to me, like my great-grandmother's dessert dish I told you about, my mother's apron and her nightgown, and quilts she had made by hand. My parents didn't have much, but I also kept a couple of things of monetary worth, but they are not the things I treasure most. So what will you leave your children or your loved ones? What part of you will they have that they will treasure most? You can leave an inheritance, but also leave a living legacy. A legacy that will matter and make a difference in the lives of those you love. If you haven't already, start a journal and write about your thoughts and feelings, and not so much about what you did today. Better yet, Send a card to someone you love and tell them how much you love them today, while you're still here. Then write your thoughts and feelings about that person in your journal for later, after you're gone. Tell your story. Record your voice. And if that isn't possible or easy, write or type it out. Now, my husband grew up absolutely adoring his grandfather. He thought he was the greatest man that ever lived because his grandfather spent time with him. He spent a week or so every summer with his grandfather on his farm, and the family traveled several hours to spend a week at Christmas time with his grandparents. He loves the memories he has of stealing homemade cinnamon rolls off the freezer where Grandma had set them to cool, shooting his BB gun, helping Grandpa on the farm, and especially sitting by the stove in their small living room singing songs together while his grandpa played the guitar. They were silly songs from his grandpa's era, but they became a wonderful memory for my husband. Grandpa wrote about his life and included the words to many of those songs in the book that was later printed about his life. It's a valuable treasure my husband cherishes, especially when he pulls out his guitar and sings those same silly songs to our grandchildren. But can you imagine what a special, worth more than gold legacy it was when someone found an old recording of Grandpa playing the guitar and singing a favorite song and had it formatted to be played with a click of a button on the computer? 
My husband, who is a sentimental old coot anyway, cried when he heard his grandfather's voice 40 years after he passed away. Finish his scrapbook. Take pictures of you. Now, I'm always behind the camera, so I'm trying to be more aware of having my picture taken now and again to show that I lived. Yeah, I was here. I was in on this activity. I was at this Christmas party. Don't always let yourself be the person behind the camera. And can I just say a word about recipes? My mother wrote recipes on the backs of envelopes and bills and on scraps of paper and kept them in a jumbled drawer. One time I actually typed them all up and put them in a book as a gift for her, but she continued to write them down just the way she received them on the phone from a friend or a sister. I have all those little bits and pieces of paper, but I don't know whatever happened to the book. She would write off to the side words like boil and mix, but sometimes she wouldn't write anything because she could remember how to make something, just not the ingredients. And because her recipes were so unorganized, she would call someone for the same recipe more than once, usually her sister. It wasn't unusual to find several recipes for the same thing, but no complete recipe on any one piece of paper. Like dill pickles. She made the best pickles in the whole world. I have the list of ingredients on the back of an envelope. Well, most of them, I think. But I don't know how you actually make the pickles. Anyway, my point is that family recipes can be a part of a great living legacy. Leave those recipes for your children and grandchildren. Oh, they probably have most of them already, I'm sure. But what I wouldn't give to have that old Kentucky nut cake recipe and the dill pickle recipe. Organize and throw away things that don't matter and won't matter to your children either. Enjoy those lovely dishes and linens because you love them. And don't try to save them for someone who may not appreciate them like you do. Leave a living legacy, one that will go on long after you are a fond memory to those you leave behind. Be remembered. It truly is one of the most important things you can do, being 60-something. Well, that's it. That's everything I have to say today. I'm glad you stopped by. It's always fun to chat. And I will see you next time on Celebrating 60-something. Bye now. Bye now.